Welcome to Defining Endurance, a podcast focused on providing actionable insights for endurance athletes. Whether you're an athlete just getting started in endurance sports or a veteran looking to gain an edge, the Defining Endurance podcast is here to ask curious questions with athletes and fitness professionals, and most importantly, dive deep on current training topics so you can become the best version of yourself. Let us wait no longer. Let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Defining Endurance, the Lifelong Endurance Podcast. I am co-host Lexi Miller, interviewing Coach Laura Burke Runzelman today. Coach Laura is an amazing triathlon coach as well as strength and conditioning coach who works with athletes not only one-on-one, but in the community setting as well. In this interview, we talk a little bit about her history in the endurance world as well as how she came to coach. Laura Shetter... Laura shares some of her tips for racing your best triathlon and tells us a little bit more about the camp she's putting on this summer. Hello, everyone. This is Coach Alexi with the Defining Endurance Podcast, joined today by Coach Laura. Laura, how is it going? It's going pretty well today. Looking at all this beautiful snow out there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know we just got a bunch of snow here in the front range of Colorado. Um, so coach Laura is one of our amazing triathlon coaches at lifelong endurance. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about her journey as not only a triathlete, but as a coach and how she's really formed a community around that. So Laura, when did your endurance journey start? So I had been a triathlete since I was about 11 years old. Um, uh, when I was a kid, I tried, you know, a bunch of different sports and nothing really stuck or really, you know, got me excited. And, um, I tried swimming and it just kind of was something that really got me excited. Um, and I loved it so much. And actually I have a funny story. I was thinking about this today. One time, I guess I got in trouble and my mom was trying to think of something, you know, I was in trouble and she, she was like, I'm going to ground you from TV. And I could have cared less, but she grounded me from swim practice. And (laughs) that was the thing that I just loved the most. So it really, from an early age, endurance sports, swimming really stuck with me. I started running um, probably in junior high and ran cross country and kind of triathlon started soon after. And there was a kid's um, or a youth triathlon series called Iron Kids. And I started doing that and I just fell in love with it um, and loved putting the three sports together, swim, bike, and run. Um, so I did that until I was a teenager and then I kind of aged out of that. And at that point, this was in the late 80s, there really wasn't much of a kind of community for youth triathletes. So I focused on uh, running and swimming in high school. Um, I went on to run uh, in college. I ran cross country and track at American University. And then after college graduation, my boyfriend, who's now my husband, was interested in doing triathlons. So we started training for some triathlons together. Um, I did my first 70.3 or half Ironman distance the summer after college graduation and fell in love with it, fell in love with it again. Um, And it was a fun way to kind of, you know, connect with friends. I was able to spend time with my boyfriend and just really had fun doing it again in a new environment um, at a new kind of age. Um, 
in my 20s, I did half Ironmans. I eventually did a full Ironman and then had kids and then kind of stopped training intensely for a little while with two young kids. And then in my late 30s, uh, I got back into it and started doing Ironman uh, races and again, just kind of came back to it and fell in love with it for a third time. So <laughs> that's where I am right now. It's kind of a long history. <laughs> that's awesome. And I think that really, you know, as our company name implies, you know, shows your lifelong endurance that it started as a kid with your love with triathlon and you've just stuck with it in your entire life as it's, it's adapted with you and changed with you. Um, so I think what's interesting about you is you, you weren't always on the coaching path. Kind of tell me a little bit about, you know, your career before coaching and how you came to find both triathlon coaching and strength, uh, conditioning. Sure. Um, so, uh, I was trained professionally as an art historian. So I went to undergrad and grad school, studied art history, specifically medieval art. Uh, my dissertation was on 13th century Parisian portable Bibles, such a very niche subject. Um, but, you know, I have always been a lifelong athlete. Um, before I came to, to coaching, I was I worked in museums. I taught art history at University of Dallas and other universities, um, but was always an athlete as well. And when we moved to Colorado four years ago, um, it was kind of this chance to really make this a uh, career. I had been, I had mentored some friends getting into triathlons. Um, and during my adult years, especially when I got back into triathlons in my thirties, I realized that, you know, I had experience to bring to the table that I could um, help others kind of uh, on that journey that they were on um, exploring triathlons. So um and it's interesting, a lot of people are like, art history and triathlon, they're like polar opposites. But I actually see a lot of similarities in my teaching and coaching triathlon. I think there's both an art and science uh, in triathlon and in art history as well. I mean, it's a very interdisciplinary um, field and you're bringing together uh, all different areas, art, you look at science, you look at um, culture and all how all those things kind of impact artists and the art that they're creating. So in many ways, the way that I look at the athletes that I'm coaching, not only am I looking at their training plan, but I'm looking at kind of how their life um, relates to that. So I kind of see the multi-dimensional side of the athletes that I help coach. That's so cool. And that, you know, I think that really shows that, um, you know, sport is multidimensional. It's not just going out and training and, and that, you know, there's that creative side. There's, you know, you talk about the art history side um, and all these really interesting things that you bring to it. So what kind of athletes do you coach? Um, all kinds. I have um, athletes that are just doing their first triathlon and we're getting them, you know, ready to swim, bike and run. And then I have folks who um, have been triathletes in the past. I'm coaching one gentleman and he did triathlons um, 20, 25 years ago, had dealt with injuries and here he's coming back to it, kind of, you know, figuring out, okay, how do we you know, keep you from getting injured while training for a triathlon, training for an Ironman, actually. He's hoping to do his first Ironman this year. Um, so all, all distances, all um, kind of 
uh, abilities as well. So it's, it's really fun to help folks kind of on their journey, help them towards their goals. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. That's amazing. Um, you, and I think what's incredible is you do coach a huge range of people. Um, you know, I've seen your athletes find a lot of success, which, you know, brings me into kind of those common triathlon questions. Um, I, of course, am not a triathlete, and this is something I've always been curious about. But what are some of the biggest obstacles you see athletes uh, come across in their training? Um, well, one of the big things is time management. So not only there's three sports that you have to take into consideration, and also strength training is a really key component of <clears throat> what I have my athletes do. So figuring out like how to fit in three sports and strength training during the week. Um, and I really have kind of, you know, I sit down with my athletes and depending on the distance that they're doing, you know, talk to them realistically about, you know, how can we fit this in with your schedule um, and making it work with their schedules. I have a couple athletes who are nurses and work kind of long shifts and then have a couple days off. Uh, I have a physician that I'm working with that, you know, have very, you know, um, heavy schedule work schedules. So figuring out, you know, how to work around their fatigue from work, but also get in the training that they need for, um, for races. Um, and also along that kind of time management, um, idea is, you know, especially if athletes want to work towards a half Ironman or a full Ironman is realistically looking at their schedule um, kind of a year out and thinking about, you know, do I have that time to put in the training for a long distance triathlon? And especially thinking about those like six to eight weeks preceding the race, because your weekends are going to be spent doing a long bike on Saturday, long run on Sunday, and you're really fatigued from that. So kind of being realistic about your schedule. Um, and um, so, yeah, kind of managing, managing your time is a really key thing. Um, another thing I think about, I, I think that is an obstacle for some people is gear, triathlon gear, because you need a lot of gear <laughs> for triathlons. And you know, for those athletes starting out, I say, use what you have. You don't need to go and buy a top of the line, try bike, um, you know, use what you have, see if this is something you enjoy and slowly kind of add to your triathlon toys. Um, so not getting bogged down in the kind of choices of gear, um, and just going, keeping it simple to start with and then adding on, the more time you spend uh, in the sport. Okay, so it sounds, you know, gear is important, making sure you have the right amount of time. How do you recommend someone train for more than one sport? So, you know, as a runner, all I'm doing is running. How would I add in the cycling and the swimming? Well, typically, um, you know, for an, if you're doing a shorter distance race, I like to have folks get in two to three um, sessions of each sport along with maybe two um, strength training sessions per week. And, you know, we kind of vary the intensity of your different sessions. Some may be more aerobic, some may have some more um, threshold uh, intervals uh, included in them. 
but you know, and then for the longer distance races, I have athletes, you know, again, two to three sessions of each sport per week, but increasing the time, especially on the weekends, kind of, you need to get comfortable riding your bike for up to six hours. If you're doing a full Ironman and then doing a three hour run the next day, um, and kind of, you know, getting your body used to spending a lot of time on the bike and then running on tired legs, uh, is really important. So that's a key thing. Um, and that brings me to another thing is, a key component of triathlon training are brick sessions. So where you do a bike ride and then you do a run immediately off the bike because that's what you do in a race. So getting your body used to that transition from the bike to the run is really, really key. Wow, no kidding. I, I can't imagine doing that without, you know, a little bit of a snack break in between. Um, you know, another thing we had discussed as being something that a lot of people had asked you about was how to get ready for those open water swims. Yes. Uh, and that's, you know, kind of going back to that earlier question you asked about obstacles and training for a triathlon. You know, a lot of people come to triathlon and they've never, they don't have a background in swimming. They may know how to swim, but swimming for a mile plus is something that a lot of people haven't ever done. So they're learning swimming as an adult and swimming of all three sports is the most kind of technique based. So, um, getting, I think, you know, if you are training, say you have a whole year to train for your race and you don't have a good background in swimming, getting some sessions in with a swim coach is really helpful. Someone who can give you some tips on your swimming technique, um, and help you because you can't, you, it's really hard to power through a swim. You don't want to come out of the swim just so exhausted um, that you have no energy left for the bike and the run. Um, so definitely working on swim technique is one of the first things. And then practicing in open water because swimming in open water is completely different from swimming in a pool where you can see the black line at the bottom of the pool. Um, you have to, you know, be able to navigate different conditions in the water. Sometimes it can be choppy uh, or windy, or the sun can be shining in, on the side that you normally breathe on. So you're blinded on that side. So getting used to all the different conditions that you can encounter during the swim is really important. Um, so getting in as much experience in the open water, um, I think is key. And that brings me to another thing is that feeling anxious in open water is completely, completely normal. So don't beat yourself up if when you get in the open water, you freak out because it's usually cold, it's dark. Um, and that, you know, kind of triggers a response in that fight or flight response in humans where you're like, oh my God, <laughs> get me out of here. So having knowing that, you know, you will feel that kind of rush of anxiety and those in um, that adrenaline rush, you know, when you get in the open water and recognizing that and having kind of techniques that you can use to help calm yourself. And I'll be completely honest, even I grew up a swimmer, I was the lifeguard in high school, I spent a lot of time in the water, and I still get anxious just every time I do an open water swim. Um, and I've kind of come up with some techniques over the years that help me. 
Um, and one of them is kind of keeping your brain occupied enough where you don't let those anxious thoughts overtake you and go to a dark place. So when I'm doing an open water swim, I usually count backwards from 33 to three and I count by threes. <laughs> so it's just complicated enough that it keeps my brain occupied on that and not on the anxiety that I have. Um, and that gets me through that first part of the swim where I'm kind of finding my rhythm um, and then I can relax. Um, so definitely figuring out some ways um, to, to calm that anxiety is, is really important. Oh my gosh. No, that sounds incredible. Um, you know, I'm not much of a swimmer, but I've been whitewater kayaking for a couple of decades. And I, I still know that, you know, getting that cold water in the face or times that I've jumped in, it, it can definitely be a shock to the system. Um, so you, preoccupying your mind sounds like such a great trick. Uh, what I've always wondered about with the open water swimming is dealing with the other people, you know, getting kicked in the face or worrying about kicking other people. How do you get through that with a new athlete? How do you explain that situation to them? So I recommend that they position themselves at the start, kind of on the outside. And, you know, if they're really nervous about getting, um, having somebody swim over them, I say, start at the back, start on the outside, give yourself some room. Um, and so you don't have to deal with that. Um, and then, you know, you can, in training, you can practice that experience of being around other swimmers and that kind of thrashing of water. Like pre COVID, I would get together with my athletes, even in the pool. And we'd practice that. And I'd get like on their toes and we'd swim on top of each other um, and practice that feeling of not having your own space because Inevitably, even if you do start at the side or start at the back, it is something that you probably will have to, you might experience. And so getting comfortable with those uncomfortable situations um, is important. So it kind of goes back to that practice, what you will experience on, on race day is important. That's great advice. Um, so another thing I've heard is when you're doing your first triathlon to keep it short, keep it to a sprint. Well, how do you recommend someone goes from, you know, they've done their first couple of triathlons, they've done some sprints. How do you transition from those short courses to a longer race? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. And one that I get um, from a lot of people. And again, it goes back to my comment earlier about kind of being realistic about the time you have available. Um, if you, well, I'll just give an example. One of my athletes I'm coaching, her oldest son is, um, a junior in high school. So he'll be a senior next year. And she's talked about maybe wanting to move up to an Ironman, but she's like, you know what? I'm, I know this next year is going to be crazy. I want to, you know, be able to kind of maximize my time with my son and I'll, I'll hold off until he's in college and I have more time. So being realistic about what you have going on for that year, because kind of jumping up from, especially to an Ironman is, I would say a nine month, to 12 month process um, and being realistic about the time. Also looking ahead at your schedule with, you know, family vacations and, you know, where they're picking a race that fits with your life. Cause the worst thing to happen is to like, you know, kind of pick a race haphazardly. And then, you know, you get to the, you know, kind of crux of training and you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is, 
just not going with the flow. And, you know, it seems really hard to structure things. And because you do have to make some sacrifices, I think, when you're training for a long distance triathlon. Um, And I'm not saying you have to put everything aside. It can definitely fit with your life. But I think it will fit with your life a lot better if you kind of look ahead and are realistic about, you know, your time constraints. Talk to your family about, you know, hey, this is my goal. And, you know, this is how it's going to affect us. So they know up front kind of what they're getting into as well. Because I, I, I think it's very, um, you know, it, it does impact everybody. If you have, you know, a family and kids or your friends or your significant other, um, it's really important to be um, conscious of the time and the amount of training it takes. Oh, no kidding. Um, You know, I think I probably have similar conversations with athletes who are looking to go into the ultra distance, especially 50 and 100 mile races where, you know, it's not that you you can't do it. It's just you have to with what your goals are and what time you have be realistic. Um, So I think that's a really great thing to mention. So another thing I really love about your coaching, Laura, is how community oriented and minded you are. Um, You do, you know, different workout groups. Um, you had your hiking and hit, um, you have met athletes for rides, and then this summer you're putting together a triathlon camp. you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, I love getting athletes together, and I think, you know, going back to training for long-distance triathlons, even short distance, it really makes a difference to have a community of like-minded people who are training for towards similar goals. Um, and I've done lots of things where I get together, you know, with my local athletes. Um, last summer we did Tuesday rides up Lookout Mountain. Every Tuesday we'd meet and ride up Lookout Mountain. And um, yeah, I have done uh, a hike and strength class uh, over the summer. I've been getting together some people on Wednesdays and we've been doing trail runs. So it's just fun to be able to connect with people in person. And um, on that note, I'm doing, I'm leading a triathlon camp. I've done this two years um, pre-COVID. And so hoping to have it happen again this year, I'm pretty hopeful that it will, but we will, it's June 17th through the 20th and we're going to be based in Boulder and we'll ride the Boulder 70.3 course. We'll run the 70.3 course as well. Hopefully get some swimming in the Boulder Reservoir um, and, you know, kind of talk about um, triathlon training, nutrition. So there'll be an education component as well. And then just community. I really think it'll be a good camp for people that are doing Boulder 70.3 or just any other race, you know, in the summer or fall, um, um, it would be a good training weekend. And one of the thing I, things I love about a, a kind of training camp is that it's kind of like a little training vacation. You get to take some time away from your regular life. And normally we're trying to kind of balance work and family and training all together. But 
when you get away for a couple days and you just get to focus on training. So it's kind of a fun way to really kind of maximize that training time. You get to maximize recovery as well because you're not, you know, finishing up a 60 mile ride and then running off to your kid's soccer game. You get to relax a little bit afterwards um, and, and really soak in that training. So it's a great, a great way to, yeah, bring people together who, are excited about triathlon, get some good training in and, and connect with people. That sounds so fun. So what level of athletes do you think would best benefit from this group? I would say folks probably training for a uh, long distance triathlon, either a 70.3 or a full Ironman. This would benefit them. And, you know, I will have supported rides and runs um, and, you know, varying kind of we have lots of different some people that I know that are coming different levels of riders and runners but we'll be on a course the bike course and the run course where we can kind of keep an eye on folks um, and we'll probably have coaches that can lead a faster group and a slower group so we can really kind of handle um, different levels of athletes but definitely for the it's a geared more towards long course athletes great that I mean I think that so many people whether it's their first or they've done several that sounds like a really great time uh what kind of things can people expect to learn during this this camp sure well Thursday afternoon we will be doing a um the stroke and stride at Boulder Reservoir so this is an event that's put on uh, every Thursday and it'll be the, a chance to swim in the Boulder Reservoir because you normally can't just do open water swimming there without um, um, a permit. So the Stroke and Stride is open water swimming. You can swim 700 meters or 1500 meters. And then there's a 5K afterwards. And it's a really fun, low-key event. So we'll do that. And then we'll have kind of a meet and greet at Boulder Reservoir. It's such a fun place during the summertime. We're going to have um, dinner and drinks out on the reservoir and kind of talk about what's in store for camp. And then Friday, we'll do a long ride on the Boulder 70.3 course. Um, and then we will do a run afterwards and then have a break. Everybody can get cleaned up, have some lunch, and then we'll meet in the afternoon um, to talk about some triathlon training tips. Um, Saturday, we'll do a long run um, and then in the morning, and then we'll do some uh, pool swim technique work in the afternoon. And then Sunday will be a kind of recovery day, but we'll go for a hike in the mountains around Boulder. Man, that sounds like such a fun summer weekend. Boulder is just gorgeous, gorgeous oh, I in know. June. Uh, and I, I love Boulder Reservoir. I think it's such a fun place. I run there all the time. Um, so that should be such a fun camp. So we will put a link to that camp to sign up in our show notes. Um, you can, of course, always do it at lifelongendurance.com. In our services, we have a link to uh, the camp page. Uh, so Laura, where can people find you in between? Where, how is the best way to reach you? Uh, you can find me on the Lifelong Endurance page. Um, I'm also on Instagram at l. Brooke, B-R-U-C-K is my Instagram handle. Um, and then I'm on Facebook as well. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. 
uh, it is so appreciated. And if anyone has any questions uh, for Laura, of course, look her up those two places, or you can uh, leave a comment on the podcast, and we will get Laura those questions. Have a really great rest of your day, Laura. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Defining Endurance, the Lifelong Endurance Podcast. I am co-host Lexi Miller, interviewing Coach Laura Burke Runzelman today. Coach Laura is an amazing triathlon coach as well as strength and conditioning coach who works with athletes not only one-on-one, but in the community setting as well. In this interview, we talk a little bit about her history in the endurance world as well as how she came to coach. Laura shared, Laura shared some of her tips for racing your best triathlon and tells us a little bit more about the camp she's putting on this summer.